Welcome back to another edition of the I'm Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Grace Valentine. I'm a speaker, author, blogger, but most importantly, I'm a friend. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode with one of my college friends named Sydney Pritchard. Sydney Pritchard is an Instagram influencer. She was a college cheerleader, but she is so much more than that. She is a child of God, and she is a firm believer in Jesus Christ and has experienced so much pain in this world. She is a survivor of sexual assault, and I believe so many of you, whether or not you have been assaulted or not, can learn from her today. So join me in welcoming Sydney Pritchard. So Sydney, how are you doing? Hi, Grace. How are you? Good. I know. It's been forever. You're in Dallas, I know, right? It's been a hot minute. I am in Dallas. Okay. It is so different, but so much fun. Yeah. So I wanted to tell everyone, we went to college and we're in the same sorority, me and Sydney, together. And oh, I feel like, five. yeah, Pi Phi, PP, what is it, PL? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, we never do that at our school, but like with a PPL, like Pi Phi Love, it's so lame. Um <laughs> But yes, but you're in Dallas, right? You enjoy it? I do. I always thought that I was going to leave Dallas, but ever since I've been here, I've just really fallen in love with it, honestly. You're in Orlando, though. That's yes, so crazy. Yes, O-Town. It's been so fun. I've really enjoyed it. And it's always pretty warm, and I didn't realize how much I hate winter until, like, winter just became non-existent. So, like, this oh, is pretty yeah. awesome. I am just, like, begging for the warm weather right yeah. now. Is it warm <laughs> in Dallas at all, or no? What'd you say? Is it warm, or is it, like, hot, or is it cold? It has been like kind of sunny, but with the coldest wind ever. Oh, really? So, it's like like eighty degrees here. What would you say, Jimmy? It's like yeah, it's it's, it's sunny. That's so funny. I forget that there's seasons now. But but <laughs> do you have any like looking back on college in general? Like, do you have any favorite memories from college? Ooh, favorite memories. So well. Um, for the people that don't know me, I got to cheer in college, which was so fun. Um, probably one of my favorite memories were the two Big 12 championships that we won for football. Oh, yeah. Um, that was just the glory um, years. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but also just like I met the greatest people in high school. I, it, it was, I had trouble being coming friends with girls sometimes. And um, it was really cool in college to be able to see – and build those awesome relationships. Now I'm in a bridesmaid in like 10 weddings. You probably are too between all yeah. the Baylor weddings. No, that's, it's uh, wild to think about. Yeah, everyone at Baylor totally does get engaged. Ring by spring is so real. Oh, man. Yeah, no. I, I That was the first – I will never forget. That was the first thing that was said at orientation um, when the – professor walked on the stage he was like be prepared ring by spring and all the parents just oh yeah I remember they like said like okay shake hands and then they were like oh whoever you shook hands with could have been your husband or wife and it was so awkward and then I remember and I remember the guy his name was Zach whatever um he and then I saw him later and he was like my wife and I was like thank you for just I was like I thought it was you (laughs) we never got married though but (laughs) Yeah, I know. What it what do you feel like God taught you through like everything in college? Man, so college was like the highest of highs and also the lowest of lows, I think for me. Um the Lord taught me a lot, but um really in college I learned not only how to build more of a personal relationship with him, but also how to trust him and continue to experience his presence in the midst of adversity and in the midst of a lot of deep trials. Yeah. If that makes sense. And when you say uh-huh. deep trials, like what adversities and deep trials did you face in college? Like I know I personally know, but people probably listening today 
don't know. Yeah. So two, the two probably hardest things I faced in my life and also happened in college were that um, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for two years that I finally got out of. And then about two years later, I was um, drugged and raped by one of my good friends. Mm. Um, those were probably, yeah, so trials, that those are definitely uh, two of the hardest things I've ever faced, but um, two things that the Lord was so faithful through. Um, and so I'm excited to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, gosh. And to think like, especially because I almost, I forgot about the emotional abusive relationship, which I remember like totally reading on your blog, but to go from that and then tr like have like a traumatizing event with a man figure again, like probably just, I just can't even imagine to even believe almost in God's faithfulness after that, which is I, like you should. And sometimes it brings out God's faithfulness more, but it's gotta be so hard to be able to find his presence in that. Is it like, would you say it was, or was it easy? Um, Man, it was definitely not easy, um, but I would say it it was just so different um, for me. I just had such a an interesting testimony growing up, where I there were many moments where I only had the Lord to rely on. Um, I'm because of a lot of circumstances, I became someone that didn't trust others very mm. easily, and um, I got in this really bad habit of numbing myself to my situations and my pain. And so there were many times that it was just me and the Lord was the only person that I could talk to or go to. Um, but I remember for a good period of time where I was so angry at him and I didn't understand. And I, I knew who he was and I knew who he said he was and how he's brought me through and been faithful all of my life, all the trials I've been in. But, and I just could not wrap my mind around how he could let that happen mm. and how that those things could be part of his plan. If yeah. that makes sense. And I like that you say that you were angry with God. Cause I feel like a lot of people try to, they think with like a relationship with God for it to be good, you have to always be happy with him. But, like, mm -hmm. anger is just part of any relationship, even with someone like God. Oh, yeah. My mom, probably, honestly, one of the best things my mom ever taught me was um, when I was younger, she asked me if I was mad at God, and I felt like I couldn't be. And uh, she said, if you're mad, tell him. Mm. <laughs> he knows already, so you might as well tell him and let him show you who he is and who his faithfulness is through you telling him instead of just trying to cover it up. I was like, wow. No, I love that because uh, I think when we even look back at like the – like as silly as it like this metaphor is, but when we look back at the garden with Adam and Eve, when um, – there's so many times like when they hid from God. Um, and I think so many times we hide from God in our worst moments, whether it's a shame or a pride thing, whether it's because we are so ashamed of something we've done or also because we're so mad at him that we don't want to confront him and we have so many questions for him. And I think that's just our human instinct is when things are hard or when things are confusing or whether we've done something or whether someone says something to us, our reaction is to just run away. But that's not what we're called to. And I love that your mom taught you that young because I feel like if someone like, and my mom taught me that too, but I feel like I never believed that when I was young, that like I could go to yeah. God about anger. I think, oh yeah, that was probably, that was awesome. Um, and that was something that once I was in that anger stage that I could go to him about. Um, and the Lord just always taught me my whole life that he does accept us exactly where we're at, even when we are mad at him, even when we don't understand what's going on and that we can tell him that. 
Um, I remember though also having, especially coming off of that relationship, it had beaten me down so much and Mm. just kind of destroyed my confidence. Um, and Mm. I got so used to apologizing for things that weren't my fault that I placed this blame on myself and I almost felt like I failed God. Mm. Um, and that was the one time that I started to be silent with him. Um, and because I felt like for some reason there were just so many things that I, that he couldn't love about me, if that makes sense. Mm. No, I totally, I could see how that would be challenging to have that confidence in him and even who he created you to be through that. Um, with the emotional abusive relationship were like, what were the like signs and early things you noticed in it that was revealing to it how abusive it was? Man, um, the biggest sign to me uh, and what I've seen in other girls who I've talked to has been uh, the constant apologizing. If you ever walk away from a situation and you notice that you're like, wait, why, why did I just apologize? I didn't do anything wrong. Um, or you just find yourself having to constantly console the other person when you approach someone about being hurt or attacked or something wrong. Um, that was another big one. And also when it gets to the point of them telling you what to do, what you can and cannot do, how you can dress, how you cannot, mm-hmm. who you can talk to, that is like a big red flag that you need yeah. to run as fast as you can. And, uh, that was that, that time at that time I had started having those flags and that was something that really caught my attention. Yeah. So. Did your friends notice too? Oh, (laughs) there wasn't a single person in my life that liked him. Um, It was actually my parents and I had to spend a lot of time getting our relationship back on a good track because they had gotten to the point where they didn't disown me, but they just didn't agree with me being with him and knew how toxic it was and couldn't understand why I was staying with him. And, um, I couldn't bring him around my friends and I couldn't talk to my friends about him. That's when you, if you, if you're doing something that you don't feel like you can talk to your friends or your mom about, um, or you're Mm -hmm. with someone that is like another sign. (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, no, everyone saw it. No one liked him. Um, and the people though, that we were like, friends with they never saw it coming Mm. uh, Mm. because usually they're very charming and manipulative yeah like your close friend saw but not like everyone who knew him um because because you're right they're a manipulator that's what how they get to like you in the beginning um and Mm -hmm. then and this might and I don't mean this question to come out offensive I just know like people who don't understand abusive relationships I always ask this but why did you stay so I was at a point in my life where um my my dad, when I was younger, um, left my sister and I and gave up rights to us. And I had just had a lot of trauma from that. And then this guy, I, I was kind of bullied in high school. Um, I never really belonged anywhere. Um, my, I had a lot of insecurity and I knew that I found that in guys. I can clearly see that now. Um, but it felt so good to be accepted by someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you're, I had fallen in love with him before the, the switch had flipped, is what I call it, when everything went bad. And um, I just, he would show me those moments and glimmers of the guy that I fell in love with. 
and I would just completely believe him again. And, um, I'd want him to be back so badly that I just kept staying. Um, but it just finally, I was beaten down to a point that I just, I couldn't stay anymore, Mm. which Mm. thank God. (laughs) Do you mind if I ask you like, what was like the exact point? Like what was the moment that, um, finally led you to like get back with God and trust your friends and your parents' instinct? Um, to leave him? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Um, okay. So the final point for me was when, um, he had, I had cut off all contact with him, but still thought about him every day, still talked about him. Um, and he found a way to email me and uh, it was about four months of not talking and asked if he could come apologize. And, um, when I said no, he got mad at me for not forgiving people and just Mm -hmm. super, the whole shebang. Um, but anyway, I went to lunch with him and it was amazing. He was amazing. He was the guy I fell in love with. He was all the things, um, told me everything I wanted to hear, told me, I mean, uh, took me out to dinner that night, um, and convinced me to stay the night. And, um, I, that was not something that I wanted. Um, but he had actually at that point just told me that he wanted a pure relationship like I did. He was, Mm -hmm. would never push me again. Um, and that night I went to sleep and the last thing that I had said to him was do not mess me up. I'm not kidding. Because uh, he had been trying to kiss me, and he threw his hands up and rolled over and was like, okay. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night to him on top of me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and so it that was just um, – that was kind of like the moment that I fully realized who he was and um, how much he just didn't love me, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I hate that it took that much, but my, my security level was found in him for so long. And that was as hard as that was, it did help me realize that that needed to be in the Lord. And after that situation, I knew that I needed to find that. So, and obviously you ran to the Lord after that, but who were like people in your life that you ran to that were almost a uh, physical, um, tangible, vessel of the Lord during that experience? So, um, I am naturally one that tries to just like, (laughs) um, I don't know, not talk to people about things. Yeah. Be independent, deal with it on your own and stuff. So you're going through then this whole, like you're leaving this whole emotional abusive relationship and then you are in college and then you deal with this horrible incident where you, you're violated, um, through rape. How, like, did you, like, lose all trust in men? Like, did you, like, immediately, like, because you're someone who likes to deal with things on your own, do you feel like you then crumbled, or do you feel like you were able to immediately rise above it? So, (laughs) that's such a good question. Um, Whenever I, the rape happened, um, it, you just always, when people talk about rape, you think that it's going to be someone that, um, is just this random guy like hiding behind a bush mm. or something that mm. attacks you. And even though those things do happen, they almost never happen. It's usually someone who's very close to you. Um, one of my, after that whole incident and then, uh, or the relationship and a lot of really bad dating, um, I just lost a lot of faith in men, um, actually pulled away from men. Um, but one of the only people that I had 
kind of left in my life was one of these guys who had been a good friend of mine for almost four years. Um, and someone that I kind of confided in knew my morals and, um, knew who I was, what I wanted, what I didn't. And so, um, when I woke up and realized that he had done that to me, um, that just completely shattered my trust in men. Um, a hundred percent. Um, it also just shattered my heart to a point that I hit rock bottom so hard just with so many things, just the buildup of everything in college that, um, I just, I specifically remember laying on my floor one day, uh, actually right after it and, um, just crying and opening my eyes to see my Bible under my bed. Mm. And, Mm. um, I reached over and, um, opened it and the Lord took me to a really personal verse between him and I. And, um, after that, I just realized that I had been running away from the Lord for so long that, and I wasn't living in, in him for so long or believing that he was who he said he was or that he could heal me. And quite honestly, doing it on my own wasn't working. So I, that day, I just remember fully giving in and just saying, I am so broken. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Um, And I'm just, my heart is demolished. And you tell me that you will accept me. You tell me that you will heal me. And so I don't even know what to do, Lord, but like, I trust you. And I'm just, I give this to you. Mm -hmm. And ever since that day, I mean, it, everything in my life radically changed. The healing radically changed. The, um, my relationships radically changed. Um, it, yeah, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> no, I bet. Do you mind if I ask what passage or what verse it was? Um, <laughs> it was um, actually Hebrews 619. Um, it was, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And um, something about both of those, re- the abusive relationship and the rape, um, you feel so out of control. Um, you feel like there's no that everything is just like pulled out from under you and that you have no security whatsoever. Um, and it was the most unsure and the most just out of control I had ever felt. And something about that just reminded me that the Lord says, I am, I'm your foundation. I'm your anchor and you can hold on to me during this time. Like during the storm, I will hold you there, which was just so healing for me in that time. No, I can only imagine. And just, I know it's hard, especially, um, so like, and I feel like you and me are similar in this, like we are closed off and it's hard for me to go to anyone for anything. And I can only imagine after something as traumatic as that, like I naturally, when I deal with anything that's hard, want to shut down and try to deal with it on my own. So I can only imagine going through something like this and then having to, uh, trust God. And that phrase is so easy to say, but so hard to do when you're literally in the storm and in the battle. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the one things I'll say is that the Lord has shown me that you do need community. Um, And not only, yes, the Lord is can fully sustain us, but you need community in those times that you're not strong enough to like see to not not listen to Satan and the lies that he's speaking to your life. And you do need those strong Mm -hmm. people in your Mm -hmm. life whenever you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And someone who can help 
direct you there in, in the midst of that. And so I remember, um, that was the first time I finally opened up to someone. Um, I came home. Well, I, first I went to a counselor, um, and I will actually warn anyone out there. I'd say you need to go to a counselor or talk to someone, someone who, um, can help you walk through your emotions mm-hmm. because there are so many violations and things that come with rape or come with an abusive relationship that you don't even fully understand. And in a time where you can't comprehend what's going on, walk with someone who loves and fears the Lord, especially a counselor who can help you sort through those things. Um, I actually had convinced myself that it hadn't happened, but I just, I had had an anxiety attack (laughs) and Mm -hmm. went in and she just kind of helped me start working through those. Um, I immediately went home and told my roommate and we sat and cried together. Um, and then I also went and, um, told one of my very best friends who had a, her sister had the same thing happen to her two years before. And she was literally my rock through the other than the Lord, but through the entire thing. Um, and all the triggers and the breakdowns and the, it was, yeah, she was amazing. And since like the, the guy who raped you was a close friend, I feel like that probably makes it even harder. Like, is there still, is it still hard for you now to overcome like the trauma when it comes to trusting men, especially good guy friends in your life? Or do you feel like that is something that you have been able to overcome? It's definitely something I've been able to overcome, but I am way more careful now. Mm. Um, and I'm such a, um, physical touch person. Um, and so that has been such an interesting thing to see in myself, uh, cause it's changed the way that I love. Um, but I actually cut dating out of my life for a long time because I realized that there was so much that I needed to deal with. And if there's anything that I learned in college, it's that when you bring the baggage that you don't deal with on your own, um, when you bring it to a relationship, either you expect the other person to carry it or it comes out in negative ways that you don't expect it to. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wanted to make sure that I looked to the Lord and healed in the Lord um, so that whenever it was time to start dating again, that I could walk into that relationship and know who I was, who was holding me, what my expectations were, and that I could, I wouldn't just be trying to find something in them that, and instead have that fully, be fully content yeah. in the Lord. Oh, so, um, yeah. Um, and I know, and I know when you have posted a blog recently about how you are dating again, how has the transition been now going from not dating and like focusing on like, not, not I don't want to say fixing yourself because that's not the right word, but focusing first but on, healing. what'd you say? Healing. Healing. Honestly. Oh yes, that's perfect. But like, how has that transition been now going back to dating? Has like, do you feel like you're a new person now in this dating world? Oh, it's so funny. Um, a completely new person. Um, in a good way, uh, the Lord has just not only shown me an entirely new version of my worth, um, but also my confidence. Um, because going from something like that and learning to heal in the Lord, you just you learn so much about yourself and what you don't want, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a man, and um, 
I actually had dated, um, uh, the Lord was so faithful, just an amazing guy, uh, for about three months. I ended things about two weeks ago. Um, but in those three months, I mean, I, I just was not, um, I'm just different in dating. I'm more blunt. I know what I want. I know where I'm going and I don't want to play games. There's just Mm -hmm. something when your heart is so ripped up like that. Um, and he was all for it and he was so there. Um, he was so loving and there were so many times that I, I haven't really felt close enough with someone in almost any of my relationships, um, or trusted them enough to open up to them, um, the way that I had with him. And there were times that I told him, I just always expected that as I would hit a couple things from my past that the guys would just be like, peace out, like I'm out. And, um, instead of shame or disappointment, like I thought I was going to receive, um, he absolutely showed me love, um, and kindness. And I just remember one specific time telling him probably one of the hardest things I've ever told someone, um, and him just responding, not only just literally saw Jesus through him and telling me that, um, he is, I don't know if I was, he's like, I don't know if you're expecting someone to just add to your shame and your guilt and your embarrassment, but that's not of the Lord. And that's absolutely not something that I'm going to do and definitely not something you deserve. Mm -hmm. And that was just like rocked my world. And that's something that I tell every girl now, because that's so true. Um, this was something that happened to you and it was something that was horrible and no man should ever add anything negative on top of that. That makes sense. And I like that you said that because it's not, someone can be such a, like this guy, you're not still with him, but you still have such respect and you know that God taught you so much through him. And Mm -hmm. it's not like you're forcing a relationship because he said all these amazing Christian things and he was a great example of Christ. But you also noticed that it, was almost like God gave you that for a reason. God needed to show you that there are guys out there that do care, that are looking for Christ-centered relationships, and also won't look at someone else's sin and judge you for that. Because at the end of the day, I hate that you even feel like there's shame and that there's, like, it's like your fault when it was 100% you were the one violated. That was someone else's sin. It wasn't yours, you know? Yeah. And there were just, and some of it was just kind of the aftermath that, of choices and decisions and things that I had even made because of the pain I was in. Mm. Um, if there's anything that I can tell anyone who has been involved in either of these situations, it's, um, definitely one, tell someone (laughs) like immediately tell someone, but also, um, have that support system and do not, and run, run to the Lord because if not, you have this, just seeping pain and overwhelming trauma that's happened to you and you will run to anything and everything to try to erase that or try to distract yourself or get rid of it. And that will take you down paths that you never thought that you would go. And um, there are just so many regrets that I have of ways that I dealt with my pain that I just so wish I would have collapsed on my floor and laid all of it down at the Lord's feet and said, hold me through this and walk with me through this. Um, But if there is anything that I've learned, it's that running to something else um, is not going to solve the issue. And, Mm -hmm. and 
I just looked at, I couldn't call myself a victim or like call it rape or anything for the longest time. Mm -hmm. I hated being a victim. I'm such a individualistic, like strong person. And the word victim just like really bothered me. Um, but it wasn't until I running away from it was actually just making me a victim. (laughs) Um, running away and trying to not act like one was making me a victim because I wasn't dealing with reality. I wasn't dealing with the pain inside of me. And I was letting Satan enslave me even more by not talking about it and by keeping to myself and running to avenues that would just lead me further into destruction. And so I just found such healing and such wisdom in facing what is happening and walking through it, holding the Lord's hand because he will hold you and he will sustain you. Um, even though, and even if your mind doesn't think that he will, because <laughs> in mm. those times it's so hard to understand that and think that God is good when you're looking at a situation and you're like, yeah. how can it be good? Um, but the Lord is who he says he is when you hold on to him and you just have to trust that that is who he is and praise him through the storm as horrible and heart-wrenching yeah. as that is, I looked back at my playlist on Spotify um, and it's like uh-huh. your top played songs of 2018 and the top played song was called Reason to Sing um, mm-hmm. and I remember every night falling asleep to the song asking the Lord to give me a reason to sing and know that he's still holding me in his hands and has it all worked out yeah. and so yeah. Um, sometimes even when you don't believe, just keep talking to him, just keep telling him that, just keep talking to him, honestly. And there was one girl who asked, um, about how, when people say God has a plan and how that (laughs) is something that is kind of oversaid, but how do you actually believe it? Like, I know you said like you just had to like lay down there and almost admit your weaknesses like is that the best way to handle like that to actually believe God has a plan or was there anything else you did so I yeah (laughs) I hated when people (laughs) would say God has a plan I don't hate anything but that just irked me um because I don't believe that was God's plan I don't believe that rape is his plan but what I do believe is that and what I've learned Um, being a Christian is not easy. Um, and being a Christian doesn't mean that we are exempt from trials. It just means that we can have peace and a firm foundation and hope in the midst of them. And, um, the trials will come. Rapes will happen. Abuse will happen at some point in life to some people just like sickness or, um, there are just really terrible things in this world, which is why heaven is going to be so amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's in God's plan, but I believe that God uses those horrible, horrible, horrific situations to bring about beauty and glory and to bring about something really good in someone's life. And if we if we release that to him, I, I believe that he fully does do that. And I've seen him bring glory and out of, I mean, the every situation in my life that has looked like it just could not turn around in any way. And so uh, the way I would deal with it would literally be to cling to him Mm -hmm. because he is our anchor. And he, I mean, I, the amount of times that I've just said, Lord, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to move forward, but 
show me and just be here with me and hold me. And, um, yeah. I love that you said that because at the end of the day, when God created the garden, like Adam and Eve again, I'm bringing up Genesis so much lately. I don't know who I am. (laughs) Um, it like it, his garden was intended to be in relationship with them and not for there to be sin. Like, so humans, we have created sin in this world. Like that isn't, God never created sin. Like the enemy is the one who tempts us and we, uh, stray away from God. And so like you dealt with some other fallen man's sin, um, and just like in this world, we deal with other people's sin because this world is broken. And even why we have storms, physical storms, is because this world is broken. It's not what God intended. But I love that you said God can use anything for his good. Like we read in Job. I love the story of Job because it's all about a man who dealt with straight up crap. Yet in the whole time, he was able to still stand by God. And it wasn't God who gave him the crap. It was the enemy. And it's just, it became an opportunity for Job to then be someone that we look at today and be like, okay, that I learned a lot from him because when I'm in my hard trials, I should still stand by God and I should still look at him and not be distracted by it. Well, and someone, I don't remember who told me this, but someone did say that when we do draw near to God and when we talk to him, it opens up an avenue for him to respond. The Lord wants to engage with us. Mm-hmm. So even if we're just... I mean, saying nothing, like even if we're yeah. literally just like <laughs> having a convert, I remember walking to class a little bit after that and just being like praying as I'm walking, just being like, I don't even know what to say to you, but like, I can't, I have literally nothing else that I can think of to thank you for right now. But like, thank you for the sunshine today. Like, thank you for these like beautiful flowers on the ground Mm -hmm. um because even in the midst of that the lord does draw near to us when we draw near to him and so it's that act of saying like i'm still here like i'm Mm -hmm. still and i still need you so like i'm still here type thing yeah Um, yeah i think the lord really has been faithful in my life through yeah and you've been very vulnerable like about your story on your blog like um and about like this did you have any fears or any worries about being vulnerable about this like any lies from the enemy you dealt with before you shared your story oh my gosh yes um and city what i love i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you real quick because i have always (laughs) loved that you are so open on your blog and i can't wait for you to tell everyone about that and i feel like people at baylor i remember when i would deal with crap because people at baylor would always want to and i'm not trying to like down you but I felt like when I would get crap because people expected this perfect person or people um would just make fun of you for trying uh, like to do something like when like in this yeah. world and like wanting to share your faith people at Baylor who are Christians sometimes would be like oh this is weird uh, which is so ironic because it's such a Christian school and so I remember when I would deal with people who gave me backlash I remember going to you and be like how do you stay so vulnerable and so real when you deal with other people's opinions. And so that's something I've always admired about you. And I just wanted to kind of give people some, like why I wanted to ask you that. But so honestly, so, um, I mean that that's awesome to hear. Thank you for saying that. Um, I think I've been, <laughs> I don't know. I, I get so scared. Like literally it's, it's so funny. If anyone asked my roommates, there have been so many times where I've written a blog and 
I would just, my, my heart rate would increase and I would just be like, I, I can't post it. Like you have to do it. Like you have to go press publish. Cause I know, I know I'm supposed to put it out there, but I just mm-hmm. like, it's heart wrenching mm-hmm. thinking about putting some of that out there in front of people. Um, and there are petty people. There's always going to be petty people. There's always going to be people who will put you down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the responses that I get just make it worth it. Um, to hear people, the reason I started my blog in the first place was because I felt so misunderstood growing up and, um, growing up in this like perfect community, which honestly Baylor was so much like, um, and with people who didn't really deal with hard things or if they did, they covered them up or they didn't talk about it because they wanted to look like the perfect Christians. Mm. But I love how in our um, just kind of like generation is starting to kind of knock those walls down yeah. and say yeah. there is no such thing as the perfect Christian because there's not and we shouldn't be acting like it. We should be vulnerable with each other and use our horrifying situations to speak life into someone else who's going through the same thing. And it just, I mean, my heart breaks thinking that there are other people going through things that I've been through that feel so alone and feel like there's nowhere that they can go and no one to talk to. And if there is just one person that I can reach through sharing or being vulnerable and sharing my story, then it's worth it to me. Um, because at the end of the day, my life isn't meant to impress everyone else around me. My life is not meant to not offend someone or keep everyone happy and not talk about the hard things. Like my, my purpose and our purpose in life is to build disciples and to point people to Jesus and to win hearts for the Lord. And so, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's what makes it easy. Um, not always easy, but just kind of keeps me going. If that yeah. Makes. No. And I love that. And I think there is power in vulnerability. And I think, um, even though like our generation has done so much better about it, we do have social media and the, we feel like it has become this place where we're always pretending to be perfect or that we always have it all together. So I love that someone like you who began to get a following from being a cheerleader and like I think you were a model for a cheerleading company and stuff. You then were like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be real and authentic. And it's scary at times. It's something that, like you said, like your heart race jumps before you're vulnerable about what you're going through. But at the same time, like you have people who say, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm going through that too and I needed to hear that, that I'm not alone. And that's something we can all do, right? Like you could say that like people listening to this that they can go and be vulnerable they don't have to start a blog but they can have that in conversations oh yeah like there's just always there are always people around you going through something like I there will be times I'll be sitting at dinner and I'll look around and I'll think now that I've realized how many people are out there actually struggling because of just it's the massive amount of people mm-hmm. who respond to these things um and it's I'll look around and be like I wonder what everyone in this room is going through right now mm. and what being perspective able to, to look at a room and be like I wonder what everyone's going through it's really something that has been healing for me and been something that has been I think would be so beneficial for people to practice and something I really try to do because if we all looked at it that way when people attack when people are mean when people say things those things don't come from the Lord. And mm. usually it comes from something that 
is hurting. Mm. And so what is going on in their life that we can't see and how can we pray for that? Um, it, now I say all that and I'm actually really good at doing all those things with everyone else except these two men, Mm. um, life. Um, I know that I've been questioned a lot about forgiveness. Um, and those, um, that the Lord really actually, um, rocked my world a couple months back with that because I was really trying to understand and, um, be as forgiving as possible with everyone around me, but I hadn't (laughs) with them. Um, so that's been quite the journey. Yeah. And when it comes to forgiving them, um, have, after like, especially you're with the blog, have they reached out or the close friend, especially since you've like been open about it? Um, not specifically about the blog. Um, the close friend, um, I have like pretty much blocked on everything. Um, and just do not communicate with anymore. That's so healthy Try and healing. Oh yeah, no. Um, and there, there is something healthy for all of you out there, um, in getting rid of things that are just toxic in your life. Like mm. it, it really is. Um, you do not have to please everyone and you do not, there's a point in time where you, you need to love everyone, but you do need to protect your heart. Um, and so, yeah, no, he is, um, the relationship one has been interesting. Um, I have not heard anything and I'm very surprised. Um, Mm. but stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) If if he comes back, let us know. We'll do another podcast on that. (laughs) I'm joking. Um, but, um, and what would you be your advice to anyone who has friends who's been assaulted? Like if they haven't been assaulted, but they have a friend, they're like, how do I, how do I be the best thing for her? Like what she needs? So my biggest advice for a friend would definitely be, um, well, first, one of my biggest regrets, like the biggest regret is that um, after the assault happened, I just, I mean, I broke so deeply and I lost it. And it it is just this state of mind where you can't be rational um, and everything is just so out of control. and I felt so dirty and so uh, violated. And so I don't the first thought and my first response was to run into the shower and scrub, like mm. scrub. I've heard a lot off. of people saying that's their first response, which makes it so it's so sad because it's like they, that's exi- like such a metaphor for what's inside they feel. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like I literally was raw everywhere. Um, because it, I don't know why I just couldn't stop scrubbing. It was like, it was going to scrub off the experience or the memories or the, just the action of it. But I would say number one thing as a friend, tell them to immediately go get a rape kit. Mm. Um, that is not something that I did. And I immediately got, I didn't even think I just got in the shower and just scrubbed. Um, and if, they probably will be in a place where that is the last thing that they want to do. That's the last thing that, and they just feel so violated. The last thing they want to do is have people touching them, have people like in that area. That is, I remember literally like shaking and like having my legs so pressed together that like literally nothing could like, uh, like pull them apart. Um, because I was just, it was so traumatic. And so, 
But if you can tell them that you love them enough, that you need them to go get that because they may not want to face it or do anything about it and want to just forget about it now, but that you want them to have everything that they could possibly need if they do want to face it one day in court. Cause that is just not something that I had the opportunity to do. Mm. Um, and I wish that I could have. And so that would be the first thing I would absolutely tell them. Um, the other thing though would be, don't try to fix it. Don't say the Lord has a plan. Mm. Don't say, you know, there's something good's going to come out of this. Not the time. <laughs> I know you love them. I know you totally see it, but that people can't, I, no one can see that at that time. Yeah. Um, just be there and um, just, there will be triggers. <laughs> there will be irrational responses and literally just be there no matter if you understand what's happened, like why they're reacting that way or not. There was one time I could not stop laughing. Like literally could not stop laughing and it eventually turned into tears. But, um, I had this amazing friend who, when the triggers would happen, they would happen out of nowhere and it would just, just rock you. And I would immediately text her and say, I'm not okay. And if you just be there, like go. And that was the best thing that I needed. I just needed someone to hold me and tell me that I would get through it and that they would help me through it. Um, cause that is just not a time to be alone. <clears throat> yeah. And I think it's important. I mean, I don't know as like, well as you, but like to understand as a friend that you're, you're not a professional counselor. You, yes. um, especially unless you're accredited, you can't be that for your friend. Like you can be a friend, but you can't be a doctor. And so it's Absolutely. so important to point them to people who God has given the gifts to help them heal in the perfect way. Um, and so oh, that's yeah. my biggest advice, I feel like, for friends, too, is to – because I know I've had friends who have gone through similar experiences. And I've also, like, picked up girls, like, coming home from, like, a party. And I remember I had – I watched – like, a girl I didn't know was in the car and started saying stuff. And I, like, called her friends. I was like, you need to take her to the hospital immediately. Um, but in that moment, I remember I can't be the person who saved her. That's Jesus and someone who is a professional yeah. in that. But you can be someone who sits with them and someone who, like – like not helps them, but is there for them in that, uh, that moment. Yeah. And definitely like keep, that was the thing is that this girl kept pointing me back to the Lord. Mm. Um, and just in the way of not like, not like, not the whole, um, (laughs) the Lord has a plan type thing, but helping me as I'm sitting there and I'm explaining my fears and I'm explaining my doubts and I'm explaining, the insecurities I'm feeling, um, she would help point them out and say, this is Satan. Like this is Satan right here Mm. trying to tell you that this about yourself or this about the situation. And remember, you know, like the Lord says, blah, blah, blah. And reminding me and giving me that, helping me, helping to remind me to stand on that truth. That was Mm. the biggest help for me in helping to pinpoint those lies in my head that I would keep repeating that I otherwise would not have had someone point out. Um, but especially in that time, I mean, even biggest advice, go see a counselor mm, and go see yes. someone who loves the Lord and who is trained to do that. Because even at Baylor, man, there was such a stigma around counseling and it's been so cool to work in the ministry 
world that I work in now, um, in the nonprofit world, because almost everyone on my staff sees a counselor regularly, even if they don't have something going on in their lives, just because they stress how important it is for your, to keep your heart healthy, which I had never looked at that like that before. Um, but it's so eye opening to make sure that your heart is healthy and strong so that you can not only love the Lord with all your heart, but love others, Mm. um, with all your heart. And so like my heart health is something that I'm constantly looking at and seeing like, do I need help with this? Because there is such a strength in having someone we were never meant to carry these burdens on our own. We, The Lord did not fashion and create us to mm-hmm. carry these on our own. And so we do need people to come alongside us and lift us up while our legs are crumbling and while That's we're stumbling good. and we can't walk by on our own. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so please, 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 if you've experienced this, go talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a bad experience... I, the first counselor I went to was a horrible experience. Um, I don't mean like, but please don't let that phase you because Satan will try to get people to throw you off, um, from your healing path and do not ever let him do that. Keep pushing for the truth. Keep pushing for healing because I promise it is around the corner. Wow. I hate that your first experience was bad, but I love that God still, paved away even when there was no way even when you went through the hardest of battles and everything so thank you so much Sydney for sharing your story um because I think in today's culture there's so many people and it's also so important to have a Christian perspective from that from someone who has gone through it because so many of the society's way which is so great I love that everyone's talking about it but it's also so important to talk about with a Christian lens and to see the greatest hope we can have even through the midst of trials is always Jesus Uh uh-huh and there is just, especially in these situations, I know it's so hard to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and to see the Lord's faithfulness. Um, there was a good couple months where I remember being home and telling my mom that I know the Lord's faithful and I know He's good, but this situation doesn't line up with what He's told me, and I and I don't understand, but I know that He will show me. And he will. Um, the Lord has since not only healed me um, in my heart, there's still issues and dating was definitely had some struggles with that. It was weird hopping in at first, but um, the Lord's been so faithful in the way that he's reestablished my heart and not only put it back together, but strengthened it in a way that um, I can now talk to people about it. Um, I can now point people back to the Lord who are going through it. And there's always something that he can bring out of your situation. Um, but I am just so sorry that anyone has to deal with that. I just hope mm-hmm. that you all know that no, you are not alone in this and, um, that the Lord does have your back and will hold you through the entire experience. Oh, 100%. And so I also, um, like, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful that, I can know people who have overcome it because it inspires me. And I'm, I know that's not, doesn't give you peace because that's straight up. It's from the enemy, everything, but it's cool how God can use all this bad still like Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Like God is still stronger than anything we're facing. But I also wanted to 
I'm starting for the first time this week, like Ask Grace and Friends. And so I would love for you to help answer someone's question just about life. And they can be about anything. It can be about guys, girls. It can be about uh, theology questions. It can be about friendships. And so I got an email, and I wanted you to help me answer it for this girl. I'm going to change her name. So we're going to pretend her name is Emily. But she said, (laughs) so hey, Emily. It's, hey, Grace, I've been given a lot of good advice about sharing Jesus with non-believers, but I have some close friends who don't know God at all, but they talk about God like they do, but they don't actually believe in him. And to be honest, I don't even know where to start or what to literally say. I don't want to sound cheesy or make it awkward. That's kind of what's happened in the past. Anything helps. So Cindy, do you have any advice for our friend Emily? My advice would just be um, there is such strength um, in not pushing Jesus on other people, Mm. but... um, Mm to share your own experiences. And so, um, the one thing that I found, uh, with people like that, and just quite honestly, that's kind of my, um, (laughs) who my blog reaches, uh, is to share my own experiences, um, to love them in a way that the Lord loves. And when people see that love, it really does, um, make an impact and change hearts. Um, but to also not be shy when it comes to sharing what the Lord's done in your life. If mm-hmm. he pulled through in some situation, talk about it um, and tell them like how cool of an experience you just had with the Lord. Um, if the Lord guided you in some way or um, just kind of revealed something to you, talk about it and be vulnerable with them. Um, and the more that you talk about how the Lord works in your life, the more that it will stir in them what that looks like in theirs. Yeah. I uh, was literally going to say something so similar. As in, like, I think Sydney just did exactly what it is today. Like, she shared her story. She shared something God taught her with. And it never feels pushy if you're talking about a normal conversation. Like, oh, my gosh, today I was – this, and I noticed this, and this is what God did. Just make him sound like he is real, like he's a friend. Um, but also be discerned about, I think God gives us this discernment when we are praying to him and we are rooted in him of when's yeah. an awkward moment. Like when's a moment that it just doesn't fit and it feels more like a weird hug. Have you ever had someone give you a hug when it's not the right time? You're like, okay, oh, back yeah. away. I'm not listening to anything you do because of that awkward <laughs> hug. So be discerned about it, but just share it on a personal level, people just like when you buy things, when like as like you're an influencer, Cindy, so you know when you say, "Hey, I actually <laughs> like this. Uh, this is something yeah. that's worked for me." It sells better, um, and you're not selling Jesus, but it makes him more real. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. And more approachable um, when you see that, yeah. When and it honestly is kind of like influencing. Um, you really are influencing people. Yeah. You're not. You're influencing them, and you're not just telling them this is what you need to do. This is what you're saying. This is what I do. Choose what you would like to do. But um, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with God over here. If that makes sense. Um, And Sydney, my last question I ask everyone on the podcast is what is something that's giving you life these days? Like, um, what is something, it can be something silly. Like I said, the bachelor for a couple of seasons, I'm still reading for Sydney to one day be on the bachelor. <laughs> but, um, and what is something like something that makes you like excited to wake up? It can be a little thing or it can be like, this is what God's teaching me, but there's no pressure to make it a funny. There's no pressure to make it a big thing, but. Well, something that's always given me life is definitely bubble baths. I'm like the oh, that's queen. Good. Of um, I always take baths but- too. People are like, oh my gosh. That's gross. I'm like, I love baths. I, I, oh. I might take a shower first, but 
I love a good hot Yeah, tub. if it's gross, just shower before and then enjoy the bubbles. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I love dancing, um, yeah. and I've been able to um, start picking up with that again. Um, oh, my gosh. It would be so fun to go on The Bachelor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll have to see. I got I to gotta think about that some more. Yeah. But, um, I'm definitely, cheering for you. Thank you. Um, even just like friendships recently, um, I through that whole time um, coming out and seeing who was there for me, who loved me through it, um, and being able to like really still walk with those friendships um, after college has been so mm. amazing. Um, just because uh, it's especially for someone who finds it hard to trust sometimes, it just reminds you that there's such goodness in the world. And so that's just been such a thing that's given me life recently. Wow. And I love all that. And I think for me, something that's given me life is actually my parents were in town today, which is hard when I'm so far away from them. So we went shopping, not buying my own clothes the first time ever. (laughs) Amazing. They never do that really as much anymore. Um, So Definitely gave me life and hopefully saved me money because I always end up Did shopping. Did you buy anything good? Oh, so I got – so last minute training for a half marathon in two months. I've been doing Ooh. Orange Theory. That has been giving me life and also death lately. Um, oh. But – and so I've been getting more into running, which I never would be. So I got new tennis shoes from Nike, which is always exciting. Nice. So, yeah. I, I need to get running shoes so bad. I know. So <laughs> when I worked for the football team in college, I never had to buy any tennis shoes. I got new Nikes every year. So then I was like, okay, now these are worn down. And I'm sure you uh-huh. would cheer, got, always got free stuff. And then you're like, oh. I know. And now I have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, this is expensive. But Sydney, how can people follow you or read your blog? So um, if you'd like to read my blog, um, it is sydneypritchard.wordpress.com. Um, but if you go and follow me on Instagram, um, my handle is at sydney and underscore Pritchard. Um, and my blog is in the link of uh, my Instagram. So oh, I would so love easy. to connect with you yeah. and um, DM me. Let's chat. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and if y'all watch this uh, podcast and you watched, huh, huh, listened to this podcast <laughs> and if you enjoyed it, screenshot, tag Sydney and me in it. We'd love to see that. We'd love to be able to message you and be like, hey, thanks for listening. So, But thank you, Sydney, for coming on. I enjoyed thank hearing so, so much. much about, even though it was your darkest moments, uh, just the light at the end of the tunnel and what God has taught you through everything. This is such a blessing. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. I'll talk to you later, Sid. All right. Thanks, Grace. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the I'm Tired podcast. I hope you learned so much from Sydney and are able to find strength and joy even in your hardest of trials. If you want to follow me or Sydney on social media, we both have Instagrams. My Instagram is at the Grace Valentine and hers is Sydney Pritchard. You can also go and read my blog on www.gracevalentine.org and there's a section we can find where my book is sold. My book, Am I Enough? with a question mark is available at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and anywhere where books are sold. You can also go on Amazon and get it, Walmart online and get it, and Target online and get it. And also tune in bi-weekly for new episodes of the I'm Tired podcast. We would love for you to subscribe and also please leave a rating. We love reading the ratings and we love having the opportunity to see what your thoughts are about the podcast. Give us five stars like you give your favorite Uber driver. My favorite thing to see is that. Can't wait to see y'all again shortly, guys. See you later.